imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? How's it going? What's up, man? Uh, just, uh, just a little tired today. <laughs> the baby's got you tired, probably. This is just life. Yes. <laughs> Same here. And guys, we have a very special show for you guys. Returning guest, okay? He crushes it every time he comes on. Um, guys, I would like to recommend this book, okay? It's called the, the Genesis 6 Conspiracy by Gary Wayne, okay? Please, okay? He does podcasts for free, guys, and he, and he just goes around doing podcasts all the time for every single person. I just ask for you guys to please check out his book, buy it as a Christmas gift or whatever you got to do, man. Hook him up, man. He definitely deserves it. How's it going, Gary? No complaints. Doing very, very well and so happy to be back and uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank so. you. Yeah, I said Gary was supposed to be on on March 27th, guys, and I had my baby that it was uh, he was supposed to be on that Sunday night and I had the baby that morning. So I sent him a picture of my baby like, look, man, I'm so sorry I have to cancel and he's still stuck with us. So thank you, Gary. I appreciate you. No worries. Uh, it's uh, part of the business. So yes, thank you. Um, he, all right. OK, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say, you know, you, even right up to the time when you're actually doing the recording or going live, I mean, there could be technical issues. I mean, you just Anything. don't know until you lay it down. <laughs> and I, I've done shows with podcasters who, uh, and, and very, very experienced ones where they, we do the record and I'll get a note back an hour later saying, Hey, I lost the recording. <laughs> oh, you know what? I know somebody that actually that happened to that, that had you on. <laughs> I know, I know somebody, they told me that that's hilarious. And I was it's, like, it's, it's, a, so it's happened a few times. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, and you know, you might be talking about one of our English friends, but I have to tell you, it's happened like three or four times in the last two or three months um yes and very very experienced recorders not wow not that's crazy okay well 
Lord, please don't, please never, never let that happen to us, please, because that's a lot of time and effort. But today, guys, we're going to be going over the Black Nobility and the Committee of 300. Um, I know that, honestly, guys, if, if there's somebody to go to, a go-to person for this type of knowledge, I, I personally feel that Gary Wayne is probably the best to go to. Um, there was another person, it's uh, Amy Says WTF, I uh, was trying to get a hold of her. But um, I want I, I got a hold of Gary, obviously, to do this, but I was trying to get a hold of her to maybe uh, fill in whatever she could fill in as well. But I, I, I couldn't get her on. But you know what? It's awesome. We got Gary on and uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and coming to tear it up. <laughs> well, thank it. you. Yeah. And when we're talking about, you know, particularly the committee of 300, but I would say even more so in terms of the black nobility, it's so opaque. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless you're actually in at the highest levels you're trying to sort of piece everything together so there's a lot of i mean i don't want to use misinformation but there's just a lot of confusion out there in terms of where they fit what they're responsible for and and it you know i don't envy people because when i went down the rabbit hole and trying to research secret societies when I was writing my, my book because I felt for some crazy reason I needed to do that. I mean, I went down that rabbit hole for years trying to figure it out. And it would just made my mind go to mush. I and, bet. <laughs> and so we'll try and shed a little bit of light on some of the, you know, one of the aspects of it. But, you know, the secret society organizational structure is huge. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. I bet. And, and, and there's so many organizations. And unless you have sort of an understanding or a way of sort of assembling that um, organizational structure, you'll think, okay, I think I got it. And then all of a sudden you see all these other organizations and then you see other people saying, well, no, they don't fit there. They fit way over here. And it, 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 it just like you're, you're starting all over again because you uh, don't know what you did wrong. Yes. So when we talk about secret societies, there's two things that fit very, very well as we talk about the Black nobility and the Committee of 300. First of all, is, is there's a definite hierarchy. And I know people like to use the pyramids because it's a nice occult sort of symbol, but yeah. you'd have to have dozens of pyramids. And I'm oh, sure okay. you could probably make it work, but it just, because there's so many organizations and, and it doesn't really sort of come together. And all the ones that do, they leave out, important organizations and they have no because they have no way of figuring out how to insert them in yeah so i came across an individual uh a few years ago and i can't i i, I know i've got it in my files i should look it up but i was we're talking about a specific term and uh, he had thrown it back at me because he come out of the secret societies and he said there's a word for it and i can't remember it doesn't really matter because it's more the the image that it I think will help for people to understand, but he said, it's a tree trunk. Mm. That's the word that they use. And it's a trunk of a tree. And if you understand oh. that, yeah. you can start to figure things out. So you have the core organizations that run up the trunk. Uh -huh. okay. And, you know, so Freemasonry is the first adept level and it goes, you know, finishes at the apex, at least for the Western societies at the 13 families. Yeah. And then around this tree, you have branches and okay. they intersect all the way up the tree into those trunk organizations. And then as you go out in each one of those branches, there's a hierarchy in there, but will answer into that organizational structure. So like Freemasonry, for example, you know, they're, they're responsible for uh, 
politics and the army. That's basically um, where they focus. They're not completely in charge of it because they're a low level organization. But when you understand there's always an overlay of another sort of supervisory organization of the of the bloodlines over the politics and over the army, it starts to make some sense. And so they would uh, also below that for the smaller organizations, whether it's like the Lions Club, the Elks Club, or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they're not really. They're, they kind of branch off of like little small ones or whatever. Yeah. Small so branches. they'll have representatives going there, leaves. and yeah, <laughs> so that they do these these things that are getting people into the clubs. You get acceptance. They get a good sort of face value in the marketplace, just like lower 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 Freemasonry. They don't know the true secrets, and they look yeah. like a pretty darn good organization. And. So they look like Boy Scouts, basically, like the, the, the lower level. They're like out, you know, like doing all these charity events yeah. and trying to help people. And everyone's like, man, they're so they're such great people, but they don't understand yeah. what's actually at the top, which is Lucifer. Right. That's not Albert Pike uh, is Luciferian doctrine, basically. Right. Is at the top, you know, yeah. you get up there. Well, exactly. And as we it, talk into some of the imagery of the Committee of 300, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. In yes. terms of How that that well, that sort of blends in. So. The other thing to keep in mind is, is that these organizational structures are all answering to the bloodlines and the old bloodlines. Yes. Not new bloodlines. Now, new blood bloodlines, they're trying to intersect somewhere on the trunk uh, in one of these branch organizations, let's say for new money into the Bilderbergers. And of course, it'll be the higher ups of that, giving them their march, marching orders every year. And in return, they're hoping that their offspring can intermarry into the bloodlines and have a larger role down the road. So when we talk about the old, old families, we're talking about royal families, the oldest families of Europe and older still. Yes. We're talking about the oldest families around the world that go back to the flood. And in yes. their belief system, even before the flood. So the Royal Masonic, as it's understood in China or in uh, the West, takes their history back to before the flood, to the creation of the seven sacred sciences, which masonry is the fifth science. It's mm. geometry in the arts, but it, they, they look at that as masonry, where they take their name from. And one of their specific areas of that is, you know, masonry as in building and geometry that, that, that goes with that. And that um, it was it begat out of the knowledge that was gathered by Enoch, son of Cain, and his descendants, and merged with the knowledge of the fallen angels. Yeah. And it was considered too valuable to be shared amongst the mundane. So they formed mysticism, Enochian mysticism, a sun worshiping cult. Enochian mysticism is a direct product of Enoch. And everything is a solar as opposed to a lunar perspective from a sort of Israelite mm. understanding that was passed on onto them. And out of that was the mystery schools, which the secret societies were developed from. So even when you go to university schools today, yeah. they have all of these little initiatory organizations. And in some of the, the skull, and, bloods, bone, the skull, yeah, the skull and, bones. and bones, yeah, they have like, actually like Yale has a lot of ones that aren't even big that people don't even know about um, exactly. that, I, that I was like kind of researching that, that were, it's pretty interesting. Even a lot of these, these schools have these little organizations that we don't even, a lot of us don't even hear about whatsoever, unless yep. you start peeling back the onion right on these things. Yes, exactly. So that's been kind of the organizational structure that's come down through the histories. And 
Um, you know, the modern organizations, uh, which the Committee of 300 is part of the, you know, the new model, that gets reorganized up after the fall of the Knights Templar. Okay. Right. And with the fall of the Knights Templar, they had to do something that was a little bit different because they had everything centralized in there. Yeah. I mean, the they banking, controlled the, yeah, the military. They the, yeah. yeah. The, they controlled the church. They controlled what was outside of the church. They controlled the literature. They controlled the education, the banking, um, you know, it's just so many different aspects that, you know, they had to decentralize is probably the best way of putting it. And so they start to come together with uh, the fall of the Knights Templar and probably just before with the cutting of the elms of splitting away with some of the higher adept levels because they had thought that the Templars had lost their way because they had just lost Jerusalem the year yeah. before. Right. Wow. And that they're more interested in their army and they're more interested in their banking and wealth and the politics and everything else that they were involved on. And so that happened at the Cutting Elms in 1188. And so um, by the time of about 1300, um, <clears throat> you have, you know, some distance that's put in and you have this whole grandmaster um adepts that are running the templars that are continuing but after the fall you get a group called the invisible ones that are the splitting away at the cutting of the elm and there's 33 of them there's yeah. still families above them at that time you brought um, up the invisible 33 like that was for me i was like man because we, we you know we had the jesuit podcast you were talking about the invisible 33 you know then and i'm yeah. like I'm like, what is the invisible 33? I mean, invisible as in we're not going to know who they are or invisible. That's just what they were called. Yeah, they were invisible as in they just they they had a society that that was that secret and that high up in terms okay. of the major sort of kings or sons of kings at that time. So they met actually met with the Pope in mm. 1317. OK, and they wanted to recreate the Templars inside and and the Pope at that time said, yeah, we should do that, but I am going to control with my people yeah. how this is going to be organized and run. And they said no, and they went underground. And so the invisible ones, you see that sort of uh, show up in some of the imagery that it's like a hidden hand. They want to be invisible and behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, uh, You have the invisible college, which was created by the Rosicrucians and the uh, Freemasons in 1662, which is the Royal Society, which controlled the education and science outside the church. Wow. And so when we look at these uh, invisible 33, um, they are going to, you know, expand that as time goes forward and so where they would be known as kind of the, the rosicrucians of that time uh -huh. and that red cross order that goes back into ancient history and of course you know saint bernard um he was the one who was a cistercian that was you know a big proponent of starting the templars and was of the bloodlines yeah Right. Okay. He, uh, he donned them with the Red Cross of that ancient order. So that goes with the Rosicrucians when those adepts and those bloodlines, they, they, 
they they leave uh, the Templars and before they fall. And so they show up like in 1400. Um, they're actually organized in about 1323. The first order that we see is, is with Robert the Bruce, and it's for the adepts of the escaping Knights Templar that went to Scotland, and it's the Rosy Cross Order. Mm. Um, you start to see them in about 1400 uh, with the uh, 1397 probably is more exact with the Sarkani Ron, which is the Ordo Draconis to put their kingships back on the thrones and push back and begin the pursuits of thought which is the wisdom of Egypt that, you know, reunites a reformation. And so as these things sort of roll forward and they're going to put the Jesuits back in place yeah. uh, with uh, the Montessa order that we've talked about in, 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 in yeah. past shows. Yeah. And they're going to get a hold of the banking and with a fellow by the name of Borgia, who's deeply connected to the black nobility. Yes. He yes. is one of the name. descendants of the three Borgia popes. Uh -huh. Right. And he is in charge of the Montessa order in 1317. No, I'm sorry. He takes over the organization that was formed in 1317 to get the wealth in Spain for from the Templars so that the church didn't get it. Yes. And in the 1500s, he's sponsoring Ignatius of Loyola and along with the King of Spain to set the Jesuits up to be the new Templars. And then by 1570, Borgia, who's the Grand Master of the Montessa Order, becomes the Grand Master of the Jesuit Order. So they've got okay. control of that. Uh, you know, within so the Borgia bloodlines like a, a part of the black nobility, basically, right? Because I've, I've heard is. that name, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, all right, so that connects yeah. to the black nobility there, okay, yeah. So now you can imagine that as the populations grow and the generations grow, the families sort of get bigger and bigger, right? So that's when you come up with the kind of the committee of 300. It's mm. hard to know exactly when that sort of comes about yeah but these are still representatives of all the bloodline families and they said above the rosicrucians which also is 50 percent um bloodline and then of the other ones coming up through the freemasonry and the illuminati sort of up the trunk so okay so the committee of 300 are blue bloods those are original blue blood uh yes uh from like basically those are like the bloodline they kept it going and, and that's the, the committee of 300 yeah. have to be like that the rosicrucians are okay being 50 50 is what you're saying yes but you okay. have to be yeah you're but you you're gotta be all, up there though yeah <laughs> yeah so and yeah. you probably have different family representatives of the bloodlines and the rosicrucians right yeah yeah definitely right. so and everybody in the masonic royal bloodlines if you're in that family and you're part of what they do everybody has a role yeah like it's it's very very structured and sort of organized so what the committee of 300 is is they are uh, a bloodline order that is connected to a number of orders that are fitting in sort of the, the that that uh the branches and, and the tree trunk and so they're kind of involved on um, some people say politics, but more at a distance, right? More of an oversight. Some people say media, but again, maybe, but more of an oversight. Rosicrucians definitely answer directly to them because mm -hmm. they're right below them. Yeah. Uh, again, maybe some oversight on the military and oversight on Freemasonry, but they're really focused on kind of the banking side. 
Yeah. And kind of where the Rothschilds might link in. The Rothschilds yeah. might actually link in one lower at the Rosicrucians, but yeah, they, they got they're probably in. a 50 50 bloodline, not a not a full it, bloodline, right? Yeah, so there's a question though. Ask a question. Did yep. the Rothschilds change their name from something else to from Bauer when they set the, up the from London Bauer? Bank? In about 1810 to 1812, they changed their name from Bauer to the Rothschilds, which is the Red Shield, or, you know, it's part yeah. of the imagery of the Rosicrucians, right? Oh, man. That's why I kind of linked them into the Rosicrucians, not quite because, you know, they were Jewish mysticism. Yeah. But yeah, they, I was, weren't, I was wondering they weren't because, these uh, super strong bloodlines, right? I heard, so, that, I heard that they were Edomites. Before, like, I heard something about that. They were Edomites, and, and they were direct enemies of of israelites but they changed their name to well if they were edomites and if they were of the herod bloodline that would be a significant ancient bloodline because that's the bloodline that goes back through you know the hadad dynasties and the edomite dynasties and back to the dukes of edom and the dukes uh, of the people that were there before esau to the hori right mm. i mean these are really really ancient bloodlines yeah if, if if that indeed is the connection which means that they would have been a little bit higher up and they wouldn't have been introduced so they may have had diluted bloodlines that go yeah. back because yeah. they would keep their genealogies right so you have to kind of look at that what they're trying to do is they're trying to guide the economic destinies through the oligarchs of the whole entire world right not yes. not just of like the- so some people whole. will be like, okay, well, they're just trying to control the city of London. They're trying to just control Rome. They're just trying to, but they're trying to, they're doing the whole entire world. This yes, is like and, a world uh, organization, almost like the Bible talks about, like a, a yep. one world government. Yep. Basically. Yeah. And working with families around the world at the direction of the 13. And some people yes. say there's 13 families in other places or for the whole world as well. Yeah. So I'm not sure quite how that intersects because obviously I'm still, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh dang gary you, there's something you don't know oh no way man this, this. i haven't been able to get access to that that information yet <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so, well hey but, you know uh, what they might, uh, they might have to kill me if i did I yeah guess. if you once you get that information you need to text me so i know i get to put you on the show immediately i'm <laughs> so, just kidding okay yeah. i have a question i have a question yeah. gary so we're talking about like the banking system and the controlling the economic uh you know so the so there's like a, something called the Crown Estate. It's a they own 6.6 billion acres of land. Okay, so mm-hmm. some people will say that that's under the Windsor family, but she doesn't own it. Um, is that uh, all those all that land and all that is that is that like owned by the Black nobility or is that owned by the Committee of Three Hundred? Is that everybody's money all together? Because that's like a third of the the land in in, in the world that they own. And yeah, uh, they, they would own more than that. Okay, so yeah. do, do you so. know? What the Crown Estate? <laughs> so um, it's called the crown just, estate i don't know if yeah, you've heard of it yeah, yeah. just it's just difficult to trace it back to them right yes yes their their money is not on the books yeah and their complete land isn't on the books okay and so if, if people think that let's say um musk is the richest guy in the world today and he's, oh yeah uh, that's i know yeah, i know that's peanuts yes to yes the wealth Right. I know. That, Even the Rothschilds family the is like 800 billion or something. I mean, that's yeah. so you can imagine what these other families are. Yeah. So you have to and you have to know that to understand why they needed control of the banking so yes. that they can have the Swiss banks. Right. Yeah. So that they can hide everything and still be able to to control. So um, 
obviously the Rothschilds are going to be a significant part in terms of the banking outside of the church with the Jesuits, which they got control of, we already talked about within the church that was sort of um, started at the fall of the Knights Templar, where they took a lot of their money directly to Switzerland, where the Knights of St. John already was. So that's okay. The Knights of Hospitaller, right? That's your night. Yeah. The Knights of Hospitaller. So guys, Look up that. That's, that's, yeah. that's insane information. Look up yeah. that. Knights, so of, Knights of Malta, Knights of Rhodes, Knights of St. John, Hospitallers, all the same organization, just different name. As yeah. they have. And in a lot of cases, as they moved to different islands for their headquarters. But yeah, so they, they and the Jesuits would link into um, different parts of the black nobility. Yeah. It, through the, uh, the family of 300 and maybe Knights uh, Order of St. John might even go a little bit higher and into the 33 because it, the Jesuits are more from the Italian black nobility. Yes. But the Knights of St. John, they yeah. are the, they are, they have to be like a firstborn or secondborn son of a true Royale to be a member. It's, it's, it's interesting, man. When I studied that, I studied, I tried to study it before one of our shows. And I remember you said Knights of St. John. Yep. And then at the very end of the show, I caught it and I was like, are you talking about the Knights of Hospitality? You're like, yes. I'm like, oh my goodness. I've been trying to study them and try to find out about them. So it's, it's, it's super interesting stuff. It's, it's, you really have to yep. peel back the onion really deep to find out about these things. Yeah. A lot of these and, are names are course, schools too. Like you have yeah. a lot of these names are like Loyola, St. John's. These are all top colleges in the United States. Like there's yeah, also Georgetown. Columbia. There's yeah. also like uh, they're all Jesuit uh, schools. Yeah, that's crazy though. But so, it's like they 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 control that. Yeah. So you can imagine there might have been a little bit of concern within the ranks when the current pope, who's a Jesuit. Yeah. The black pope became the not white pope. Not only took over the Knights of Saint John, but replaced the Grand Master with his own guy. Wow. So he consolidated power, and yeah. is is become more formidable as one united group that's answering up in up the top so that you can expect to be some conflict there down down the road <laughs> of course um they are the they're sort of known as the um the economic force for the new world order so okay. they're going to have be heavily working through uh and have their people on the club of rome that have set up the world into 10 spheres of influence 10 uh, groups of nations, 10 trading blocks, whatever you want to call them to form that end time world government, because that ultimately world government with the universal polytheist religion is, is their ultimate goal. The Bilderbergers that have all of the, you know, like the owners of Shell and the stuff that are meeting with uh, the, the, the new money people once a yeah. year and giving them their marching orders. Um, Bilderbergers are a, a significant sort of organization that branches out of that. The IMF is controlled at that level, even though you've International got, Monetary Fund yeah. is what it is? Yeah. International yeah. Monetary Fund. Because okay. they control the money for that, right? Yeah, so you've yeah. got people coming up through the system who are at lower level on the degrees working there. Yeah, but they're pulling the strings and also the World Bank. And those are the main ones that I found that they're actually working with. And who they're working with is that term oligarchs. Yeah, the oligarchs. I've seen world. oligarchs before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if they're visible, they're not the true oligarchs. They're sort of, <laughs> right. OK, they're like the puppet. That's like 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 the Windsor family, for example. Right. So they got the queen. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, like I even at one time, you know, before I started like 
studying your your stuff and yeah. i was like who's who's more powerful the pope or the queen like yeah. it's because i just didn't peel back the onion enough so now that i got to our episode yeah. 66 now of our show i'm already to the point where i'm like i already know about the queen the windsor family yeah. and everything and, and i know yeah. that they're not it's not the two that are yeah. powerful because we know yeah. about them there's, yeah. there's so, way more powerful people yeah so you have like uh the the knights of saint john the hospitallers are technically on a portion they report directly to the queen Mm. but on the true that's what they say yeah but that's the protestant side yeah the catholic side still goes up through the channel that we're talking about the black nobility right yeah okay so a history of how we start to see the committee of 300 kind of starting to come together um, some people take it back from again a biases although it's linked as the first let's call it the second monster corporation because the Templars were really the first yeah. beast. Uh, mm-hmm. So the East India company yes, with, and I, with, I, with the empire was, I did a show on this, actually the British East India company and the East India company with the, uh, with Sophia Smallstorm. So I, I'm pretty familiar with that, but go ahead. Right. And that was chartered by Queen Elizabeth the first. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's in around 1600, but it actually goes back, you know, uh, further than that. That would be sort of a, a big gambit with the uh, of how the three hundred is is starting to put mm. things together. Um, that's interesting. So you have the old families, and that's where, you, if you want to get where it really sort of starts, and that's when you start to get into the old families of Europe and, and the black nobility. And we'll talk about the black nobility of Italy as a side the the papal bloodlines basically yeah okay yeah if we can so and so this was really formed in about 1171 okay that date that date should kind of ring a bell when i was talking about 1188 yeah where you know you actually see some actions of we're not happy with what's going on in this current sort of structure at least that would how that would be how i interpret it and that was formed in vienna with the habsburg dynasty okay right that's a big name right there yeah yeah and especially as it oh uh, just hang on here a second no problem i gotta get plugged in or i'm gonna lose you okay no problem so this will only take a second no problem guys so uh yeah okay, so far plugged in <laughs> no problem so far it's been awesome so yeah well no problem go ahead Gary yeah so you have the black nobility of Vienna is sort of sort of um, arranging this and and that should ring a bell in terms of the Sarkani Rond organization which is the Ordo Draconis which is that sort of continental push to get the thrones back into a position and away from some of the German sort of oversight. And so you have some old bloodlines from many, many countries. And this is not going to include the Russians. Mm-hmm. And it does piece in some of the Slavs as it let's go, let's say go into, you know, the bloodline of Vlad the Impaler, right? Yeah. From Hungary, yeah. but only to Hungary because that connects through with the Anjou family. Right? Prince Philip was saying he's he's uh, he has that bloodline, right? Or Prince Charles has Vladimir yes, Prince bloodline. Charles. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so the bloodlines that I found that, and there, there's probably a few more, but the old families, the they have different classifications, but obviously Italy, Austria that we've talked about, 
Germany is in there, of course. Um, they're not as certainly as visible, especially with you know the Kaisers being toppled and like the Habsburg were, you know, lost their kind of dynasty as well. But they're working behind the scenes. Poland is in there, which most people don't know. France, of course. Um, yeah. England, the Netherlands, Spain, and Spain's a very important one with the yeah. King of Jerusalem title and the Bourbon family. Who yeah. Received the Jerusalem title from uh, the Habsburg Lorraine, Portugal, Sweden, and of course the Swiss. Now there's probably some more, but those are the main of the old families of Europe that are, would have some sort of, I'm not sure how they split that representation up into the 13 and then into the 33 and then into the 300, but you get a flavor of that's the black nobility yeah. of Europe, of the greater black nobility, also known as Rex Deus or the Kings yeah. of God, because they believe they receive their divine right to rule from the Balim of Mount Hermon. Yeah, you spoke about the German too, and the, the House of Saxe Coburg Gotha, which is that's what the Windsor family came it from, is. right? Yeah, exactly. So that, that's they came from Germany, and then they ended up yeah. coming over. They switched their name because of the the World War that happened. So they're yep. they, World they War One. Yeah, change it to Windsor. So then yep. you're like, why? Why are they? How could they even be the you know the yeah. the queen yeah. of, of of you know of England? What happened even, was. You know, and it has a lot to do with the timing of the American Revolution, right? Yeah. You have the Stuarts uh, between the Protestant Stuarts and the Catholic Stuarts. And, uh, you know, after, it's you know, Queen Elizabeth, there, it was a back and forth on who's, you know, and they, they needed, they wanted stability. They wanted to get away from that bloodline. And so they brought in the Saxon bloodline. I understand Saxons have a history yeah of their original kings coming from there wow so that's yeah. sort of that connection as to um why the hanovers were brought in with with king george and yeah. so um so when we look at it from from that perspective then uh it starts to make um a little bit more sense uh, these are very much hidden and very very old um, and it's that feudal class that they had, right? And yeah. I mean, they, they, they imposed that for, for centuries. So they're also known as the Olympians, the Committee of 300. You, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, that's a little bit sort of hard to crack at times to figure out, well, you know, why are they the, the Olympians? Because 300 doesn't sort of match up with how many Olympian gods there were, right? Yeah. Um, but the number 13 does, yeah. like you have 12 parent gods, 12 offspring gods that took over and they worship Satan. So that's 12 plus one is 13 for, for, for Satan. Ah. And they, they're called the, uh, the cult of Di they call themselves a, a cult of Dionysius, which is kind of the builder, um, knowledge that comes yeah. that lost knowledge that you see all wow. these great buildings or the cult of Isis. So they're equally sort of looking at Egypt and, and Greek. And also they, they, they pay a lot of homage to their religion as it comes through the Gnostics, through the Cathars, which is, is part of the 300. They're all sort of Cathars or Bogomils. If you're not familiar with Bogomils, as you read through my book, I'll give you that history. That's the Bogomils are amalgamation of a number of polytheist Gnostic organizations that were exiled outside of Rome and they got outside of the region into the Bulgaria region and they call themselves the Bogomils. And they're the ones who started the branch Cathar and Albigensian 
uh, churches into France that by the time of the Albigensian uh, crusade had grown through the backing of the black nobility wow. to a position of all, having the ability to overthrow the Roman church. Wow. That's why you had the war. Wow. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and so it's, it's, it's good to understand that. So they believe they have the power of the Olympians yeah. because they, they look at themselves as, as, as little gods and that they're a set above the God of the Bible. And of course they worship Lucifer and yeah. they call and they call themselves also the invisible ones as well, because they're working behind the scenes and in secrecy. Yeah. And of course they're from uh, the council of 33 families that, um, have spun out. Now, if you look at the occult level of uh, some symbology of the number 300, and it's not a normal number that people would sort of look at, and there's a lot of different things that are out, out there, but 300 um, symbolizes, and they do the inside out, upside down of this as how it comes out, uh, how it was put out in um, oh, the Middle Ages, I think that's when, when the term came out. But it was originally, as it comes out from Catholicism, was the forces of evil um, led by Satan. Um, these are the forces God would overthrow, but it's the inverse of that. So they believe wow. in the forces of evil, are over, which is God, is overthrown by Satan or Lucifer. Yeah, And that's kind of where they look at that as T from being... Uh, the formation of the number 300 in Greek that they say is the Christian cross, but it's that rosy red cross that I was talking about earlier, or some people think it's the onk, which I'm, I'm perfectly fine with as well. And yeah. if you're looking at it from a cross perspective, this is the same cross of Malta. This yeah. is the cross of the Anunnaki. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So they, they draft that in with and overlay it into Christian sort of ideology. But understand the cross, the Maltese cross is a different formation of a cross yeah. than the <clears throat> typical cross that we would understand. <clears throat> so this is the cross that you see on, on the night order. So when you have all these sort of different kind of night orders, there's some, you know, a lot of them are symbolizing like you know, a, looks like an iron cross, cross almost. Yeah, yeah. Cross. they're all stylized of the Maltese cross. Yeah, and and these are some of the major knight orders that would be part of that group of Templars, Knights of Saint John, and it's this uh, Saint Sepulchre order, the Knights of Malta, the Templars, the Saint Jacques de la Paix, and the it's Teutonic on here, but it's the it's the uh, Teutonic Knights of Germany, right? Mm. And there, there were all sort of night orders. 300 is also the angels of their new Eden wow. that they look at as, as something to do with the new age that they're doing. Because they're trying to create, if you look at their imagery and ideology and the writings, a new Eden. They want okay. to reinstate Eden, but it's a new Eden. Where um, they're ruling, right? They want to be the, ruling, they be the yes. rulers. And yeah. we are the ruled, right? That's, that's yeah. what they love, right? Mm. 300 in Greek. Everybody's heard of the Battle of Thermopylae. And, and that's 300. But there's another meeting in Greek in terms of where that 300 comes from. And 300 was the number of the guard that protected the king of Greece, which would be their archetypical type of antichrist figure. 
Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So they're not going to know who exactly is the Antichrist, even though there's going to have, they're going to have three of them ready all of the time. There's only a very, very select few, but they are working protection throughout the world to protect these Antichrist figures so that they're ready at any point in time. Pythagoras, wow. who is a significant patriarch in their belief system of receiving the knowledge from Hermes from the knowledge that he found uh, under the pyramids that we've talked about that's the Enochian 36,525 <clears throat> books was passed on to Pythagoras he had 300 disciples wow. that was passing this knowledge down mm. and another one that goes back and it's really it's really sort of opaque but they look at that as a trident you know how uh, Zeus, Zeus and Poseidon and some other gods had a trident <clears throat> yeah. um, as, as part of the imagery. And they look at that as 300 as a symbol of that trident, as three in one. So if you look at that, you say, well, how, how does that make any sense? You got three plus zero plus zero. That's the trident as three oh, in one, wow. right? As the imagery goes. Like a trinity almost, right? Yeah. Three and in it's one. The, it's the perfect unity as, as in the Tau which is that same cross that they have. That's the same T that's in the Greek letter T that they were using as the superficial could, definition. Could it also be like Satan, uh, the Antichrist and the false Messiah would be like three in one also maybe, or like, that's kind of like, yep. I don't know. Yep. Does that, yeah, that they, have to do with it? They, they have that Trinity as well, right? Yeah, they yeah, have, yeah. They have, uh, you know, as a lower level allegory, it would be Osiris, Isis and Horus as yeah. in, right? And and of course Horus is the demigod antichrist type figure. Isis yeah. is the holy spirit mother goddess and Osiris is is the is the male god. So yeah. so just take that up a level to the pyramid god level, maybe even a little bit higher depending on whether or not one thinks of uh, Satan as being amongst the parent gods or still above that, right? That's why we see like like Washington like the Washington monument has, you know, you see that you, you see like all like you, you kind of see like all the Egyptian stuff that, that they're worshiping yeah. in Washington, D.C. Um, so that's why you're seeing all this stuff all across the world. Like the city of London has it. Yep. Uh, the city of Rome obviously has it. Um, all of their well, cities and all this stuff. Yeah. All of their great cities have <laughs> sacred geometry, pentagrams, yeah. old uh, architectural sort of recreations obelisks from egypt i mean yeah. all all sorts of things like that and the last thing on the 300 is that that um that cross is is the also thought to be the egyptian and the aryan cross as well okay so so you got two different crosses <clears throat> in there one is more like this and then there's the maltese cross and they all have sort of separate sort of sort of meanings so that's sort of my understanding of the committee of 300. Wow. Um, that was deep. That was a, that was deep. Everything you were saying right there was just, it's so interesting, man. It's like, I, I have to, every time I listen to our shows, I have to like with you, I have to like start studying more and more and more. I'm going down <laughs> so much rabbit holes. It's crazy. I love well, it. There's, though. there's so many of those, of those <clears throat> rabbit holes. So. It's, okay. Uh, so that's, that's more the committee of 300. So the black nobility part, like, um, like, like, can we go over some of the orders, like the like the order of golden fleece and like the order of garter and some of those? Does yeah. that have to all do with the black nobility too? And yes, maybe the yes. papal bloodlines. Okay. Yes. Well, if you can get into that, I mean, whatever, whatever, however you want to take it from there to get into the black nobility, that'd be amazing. 
yeah the, the the main one to keep in mind is is like the the the, the garter order is a lower level one that comes out of england and it's just yeah. for um low bloodline people or people that are rising it's not that significant uh, of yeah. an order the seraphim uh, one that you told me about i think was the one that yeah. you said to pay attention well, to yeah yeah well that the seraphim order it, it it's sort of the swedish or the norse order of the of the bloodlines yeah right and so <clears throat> when you look at the occult and you look at the dominant sort of histories that form sort of the western sort of mysticism odin and that history is always very very important mm -hmm. so you have like days of the week that come out of you know like uh, wednesday for being for odin and thursday for being thor and fr friday for frida it's not just Whoa. the roman um, yeah. pantheon and the greek pantheon they've mixed that in there for 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 a reason wow. um and that in the bloodlines you have coming out of there, you have that Rolo bloodline that changes their name to St. Clair mm. um, in, when they expropriate Normandy from the French in 912 you know, AD. And so they sign this, the Treaty of St. Clair and they change their name to that. And then they're gonna intermarry with the bloodlines of of the Anjou and all of the bloodlines of Rex Deus, that's what that's within France. Now, this bloodline is also the same name as the Sinclairs, which is the transliteration as, as when they moved to Scotland and, and into England and they, they set up Freemasonry. That's I was and, just about to ask you. They they set up yep. the Freemasons right in, in Scotland. Okay, cool. So yeah. And one of the unnamed original founders of the Knights Templar and a battle partner of Hugh de Payon is Henry St. Clair. Okay. Awesome. All right. right? So go, they go back that far into that sort of connection. Mm. And as you look at what happens over in England, you have the Norman conquest over the Saxon kingship. Yeah. That's finalized by William the Conqueror, who's the bloodline of the Rollo and the, and the, St. Clair's, mm. right? And they're going to have that for a few hundred years until they start intermixing with the Anjou and they end up pushing the Normans out until the Tudors overthrow the Anjou, right? But there's <laughs> that, but, but just to give people <clears throat> an understanding of, of the Plantagenet, that's the Anjou, right? Yeah. And so you also have coming across with the St. Clair's, you have the De Bruce's coming across. So the uh -huh. De Bruce are going to intermarry with the Scottish bloodlines, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, to get the Scottish throne and Robert the Bruce who protects the Knights Templar because he's been excommunicated by the Pope at that time for murdering his rival in a Catholic church. He gives mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the Knights Templar protection and then sponsors with the St. Clair's, the, you know, the Freemason <laughs> on a corner and the first visible sort of Rosy Cross order in 1323. Oh my God. And this is wow. the daughter of Bruce that is going to give the name to the Stuart dynasty who she marries. And Stuart's, that's a big, big name too, right? To so the Stuart yes. dynasty. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. This is all crazy. Awesome information. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when we, when we look at, 
the the Norse bloodlines, we have to, you know, just say, well, let's just just can't throw away this Knights of the Seraphim. Yeah. I mean, the Seraphim are the watchers that they believe that created the original Nephilim. Wow. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The Seraphim. Okay. Okay. So that's all right. So you have the the Golden Fleece Order of the Habsburgs. That's probably the most important one uh, that 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 we're talking about here. That's connected to the the Bourbon family, and that's heavily influenced through the Anjou bloodlines uh, that come out of the Lorraine region. And and those are the three three families that are kind of accredited as the main founders of the Knights Templar. It's the Payan, the Bouillon, and Anjou, the Northern Anjou. And I understand there's Anjou in Hungary. Mm. And also there's Anjou in the Mediterranean. And they're kind of rivals on, on, on the bloodlines. Mm. But where the Anjou, uh, the Payan, and the Bouillon families come from is the Lorraine region. So when that bloodline intermarries with the Habsburg, Yep. becomes the Habsburg Lorraine dynasty, right? Because yeah. of the ennobled bloodlines and the King of Jerusalem title is going to follow into the Habsburgs, which now ends up with the Bourbon family out of Spain. And where the King of Jerusalem title starts with is with the Anjou and depending on which history you're reading, it's either Baldwin the, the first or Baldwin the second. It doesn't matter. It's all part of the same family. Yeah. Um, and, and, they're crowned in a small priory on the rock of Sion in mm. um, Jerusalem, the first king of Jerusalem, because they take their bloodlines back to the Merovingians as the yeah. last survivor of Dag who's Dagobert, who had not only Nephilim bloodlines, um, but wow. they also believe that they had um, bloodlines from King Saul, Benjamite wow. bloodlines. Sion wow. in and King Solomon from, is huge in the Freemasonry. I mean, they love they love that the whole yeah, and, and that's a different yeah, but yeah, different though. King yes. Saul and uh, King David, yeah. and then through wow. the Camelot dynasties, through Aragon and Aminabad, and through the third son of allegedly of Mary Magdalene and mm. uh, Jesus, his name yeah. is Josephes. Married into the Camelot dynasties through Aragon and Aminabad of the Merovingian dynasty, they had the Jesus bloodline. But you know, you have the Da Vinci Code yep, sort of based on that. that belief. Yeah, yeah, the all Gnostic that's what, beliefs. That, we don't have to believe it, but that's what they believe. But yeah, I do think that they may have some legitimate claim on maybe the Gen Benjamites who had migrated up the Danube and into Germany, and that's where they through the Syncambium Franks where that bloodline comes in. Yeah. The thing is about that is that the Benjamites in the time of the Exodus were awarded Jerusalem mm. by Joshua. Wow. That's okay. why that King of Jerusalem title is so important for them that they want to crown Antichrist with as, as their dragon Messiah. Yeah. And so this, this uh, King of Jerusalem title is going to pass through to Hungary first mm -hmm. to the Anjou there. And then it's going to go up into Lorraine and then down through history. You just have to follow it for the King of Jerusalem title and you get that part of the Anjou. But there's all, there's the Sicilian and Italian Anjou uh, claim to it as well. And they claim to have it as well. It's from a different branch of the Anjou in, in their squabbles. And I got a document on it where it sort of intersects for people, but they make a claim very shortly after. You remember that uh, movie, The Kingdom of Heaven? 
Yeah, Kingdom just, of Heaven. I was gonna watch that today. I was gonna. That's yeah, weird, but the... in the document, I, I and I, I don't have it memorized off the top of my head, but I'll show you in that document the the names and the families and how that splits into the two lines of the Anjou. But those names are all representative of their internal history. Not wow. quite as the characters as being played because they're obviously more powerful and more ennobled. I'm gonna watch that though for sure. I gotta yeah. see that now. Yeah, but I'll send I'll send you the the three part series on that. Okay. That I have that that no, it's not there. It's on another document. It's on the Mount Hermon. I'll, I'll send you that one, and please. I'll probably send you the companion one, and you can sort of read through that. Okay, please. Yeah, I'll I'll, rem I'll remind you too because I know you got probably a lot of people asking for documents all the time. So yeah, I, I ran about two weeks behind on answering my emails, so, but I do <laughs> I do get though I get to them all. I just <laughs> it's all right. Um, <laughs> that's so, all that stuff is amazing so you're going through so the king of jerusalem which people people don't even understand that there's that they even have that you know they think oh king david and then after that they, people don't even realize that the king of uh jerusalem title even continued on yeah. you know right yeah so you know at the cutting of the elm that was at geezer's castle mm -hmm. and uh they have this large um arch there that's uh, the grand arch and uh, what they believe is, is that has been built for when they actually crown the king of Jerusalem, who they call the grand monarch. In af right after he's crowned, he's going to march through that as sort of that announcement, or that's the announcement to the world that he is the false messiah and then will be crowned in the temple of, of Jerusalem. So they've wow. created that. That was at the location of that, that cutting of the elms that, that we were talking about. Wow. So they so thought they were bringing the Antichrist probably back then, right? When they yeah. did, like they probably thought they were, and they're like, okay, it's not time yet. But you said they yep. got three people they're, ready to go lined up, like at time. all times. All the wow, time. that is yeah. so interesting. Yeah. I never even knew that. I, I that's so that's so interesting. Yeah, and so you know when you saw the uh, Damien movies of the Antichrist, that's the old series, yeah, yeah, and they yeah, had yeah. these people around it. They they've got guardians that protect them, and the three hundred are sort of considered the I guess the, the apex of how that um, guarding of those bloodlines and those specific. Do you have to be of a certain bloodline to be the Antichrist? Do you yes, have to be, you have do? to be, your pedigree is going to be presented when they step the Antichrist forward. And, but keep in mind, there's going to be rivals around yeah. the world. Do you yeah. think that's why they put out like uh, those family trees and stuff like yes. that for like people to see their where yes. they're where, where they're uh their family history like those uh what is it, like yep. 23 what is it called like 23 and me or something like that or yep. yeah that's crazy they, they they could have your they could have actually your information that could date back to where like yeah maybe you were related to vlad the impaler and maybe you are related to that's crazy that that's that, that is yeah. Insane. yeah yeah well and and just look at the coat of arms that the royal families have i mean yeah. all of that has its the dragon they got a lion. They got the. It's all. Yeah. It's all like. Uh, like it's all prophecy. about prophecy. All about prophecy from the Bible, basically, right? Well, I wonder what well, Monday came from. You said you said the days of the week, and I always wonder what the. Monday. Yeah. Moon the day. That's from, the moon day. The lunar day. Yeah. yeah. Lunar day. Yeah. So in different languages, will actually be called Luna or something like that for the day. Yeah. yeah right. Luna. Yep. Yeah. So. Lunas is Monday, basically. So we, might, we might be in trouble, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're in trouble already, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> With all the stuff we're putting on here, but yeah, man. You know what bloodline you're on? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Like, oh, you're in big trouble, buddy. <laughs> man, that is so, so like, 
like for example, like Prince Charles, everybody's yep. like, hey, it's probably going to be Prince Charles. I mean, everybody has these different uh, ideas because he's going to become king of everybody thinks that he's obviously on top. But well, yeah, his, so. I heard his wife is his cousin, though, that they didn't, they didn't breed a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know what? I don't think it, King Charles um, is going to be a candidate for that. He may have been thought of when he was young, but yep, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I think if it's going to be anybody, it's probably going to be William. Yeah. But. That's what I thought too. I really did because yeah. I started, uh, they, they had From him specially born. Anyways. They yeah. had him specially born on the summer solstice day. Like, like Prince Charles was telling, yeah. uh, his wife that, Hey, I, I, you're going to, you, you, I know you want to get this because she kept saying, I want to get this baby out of me. I want to get this baby out of me. And he said, no, you're not going to have it to this specific day. Right. Yeah. And he ended up having it on that specific day, which, you know, obviously for witches and all these, uh, Satan yep, it's important. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah. yeah. People have to understand that just be, they think that just Christianity is like the only thing that moved on after, you know, certain times there's, there's a lot of religions and a lot of like weird stuff that's still going on today that people don't understand that yeah. they do worship this stuff and they, they don't, they're like, you're crazy. They don't believe in Moloch. They don't believe in Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> they do. Yes, they, they do. do. <laughs> they just don't do, they don't show it to you, but they no. Alex yeah. Jones is the only guy that got in there, you know, to, to see, witness the Moloch. Uh, <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> you never know though. Man. You yeah, never, never know. know. Yeah. You never know. So um what's what's let's talk a little bit about the black nobility from italy just so yes that, the papal bloodlines man let's let's, let's yeah. see what's going on with so, that so one of the things that people probably don't want to hear but you need to understand whether or not it has been uh polytheism or it has been christianity they want to control the complete organizational structure and hierarchy so in polytheism and i've talked about this on probably on, on some of the shows in the past with you is that right from the antediluvian times and then very quickly after the flood you have an organizational structure that has the divine representative of the gods which is the bloodlines from the rephaim or the nephilim um, and you have a queen and that's representative of the the mother goddess and the male god and you also have the mystical religion. That's okay. the organizational structure. And the priests were all part of the bloodline. Yeah. They, they ran things in polytheism. And you would also have um, a larger family that would run the rest of the upper nobility, right? So they would control all of the education and only the rich were educated right and into degrees because that education is is the mysticism of degrees yeah um <laughs> and still is to today yeah uh and they would control all the upper levels of the four levels of of the society which uh, you'd have the slave class and the working class you know at the bottom and you might have a small entrepreneur entrepreneurial class like bakers and blacksmiths yeah. and stuff like that and so they controlled that. And so when you have Judaism basically being dispersed around the world, uh, and then you have Christianity coming out of Judaism with, with uh, Jesus being crucified and then spreading around the world, and then it gets what most people think is control of the Roman Empire, except that it's not really the Jerusalem church anymore. Yeah. 
right? This has got a hierarchy to it instead of this flat organizational structure. Yeah. And you have Mithraism or Mithraism and um, Sol Invictus as the main sort of homogenizing with a whole bunch of Egyptian imagery that's going to be moved into it to pacify the empire because he was just trying to do what the king of Persia 100 years before that, King Shapur, where he used Zoroastrianism, that Mithraism comes out of, yeah. he used that to, to unite his empire. And, and yeah. Constant, Const, Constantine, Constantine yeah. was yeah. One, wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. And so it was really a different sort of variety. And then not so long after that, members of the bloodline, like the third sons or the daughters would start to move in and got control of the hierarchy of, of the church. And then they also utilized all of these moles that I would, that I, that I call from the Manichaeans and all sorts of polytheist organizations that were kind of forced under underground to a certain degree right so you get yeah. these orders of whether it's the franciscan monks or it's the benedictine monks or any of those monastic orders those are all gnostics and polytheists that were molded into the roman church and it's mm. modeled after the essenes which was the first monastic order in the west that was exported and or exported as its model from like the buddhism um monastic sort mm. of organization and that's also why these scenes are still held in high regard in the masonic rituals and things because they're one of the organizational structure basis along with the assassin organization of the sufis mm. which the templar model took back to europe to be the model for the secret societies in 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 europe so yeah they were they very early on were controlling through the money and the bloodlines and who they were sponsoring control of the popes yeah and they'd done and there were some good popes and there was a lot of really bad popes but understand it was corrupted with politics and wealth and power and polytheism and you know right throughout its 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 history um and so we do have I mean, the good thing we have is that we, we have the Bible that was preserved. We have our yeah. beliefs preserved. I mean, it's not all bad. Some stuff but... came, yeah, some great stuff came out of it. You know, Constantine, I know they used to have like a Catholic church on top and below it, they yeah. would have like the Mithra church, right? So people yeah. are worshiping God up here and then all the people leave and all the hierarchies would go downstairs and go to the yeah. Mithra church and start yeah. worshiping Mithra, yeah. Yeah, but all the wealth, that's polytheism. That's part of the, their old religions, like yes. the pomp and the ceremony, the ritual, the yeah. idolatry, the imagery. Yeah, that wasn't part of the Jerusalem church. No, they just brought. Yeah, because obviously the Bible talks about it, like you know, ever since the New. I mean, the Old Testament, God's been talking about no, you know, no yeah. idols, put no idols before me, and then yeah. they just they took yeah. all that stuff and and just looks like they blended yeah. into one religion and and um, changing changing the uh, Sabbath from Saturday to sunday yes stuff like that yeah and, yeah. and then having like uh having, celebrating uh, mithra's birthday, birthday on december, december 25th easter I mean, easter right yeah. easter you know that's like tammuz is like 40 days like lent and all this stuff is like it, all that stuff is just a blending of all these old religions right and blending yes. it into a yeah, you're spiritually fornicating yeah spiritually so. fornicating. polytheism is that i just looked yeah. that up i didn't even know yeah. what the definition was until <laughs> you can say i'm like 
man, I gotta look that up. What does that mean? And, and okay, <laughs> now, now, now I get it. What is now, now I understand. So <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So it's all good. But, you're so smart, Gary. I'm like, man, everything you're talking about, I have to look up and I look it up and I'm like, yeah, he's right. He's by the time on. you by the time well, you look I, it up, I, I you can. already moved to something else. Yeah. I, I, try yeah. not to, I try not to make up words, but sometimes no, you're I not. Do. You're not. No, you're not. Making <laughs> up I'm not trying to look it up to make it see if you're right or wrong. I'm looking up to see if, if, if maybe I'm I can ask you a question real quick, yeah. and then Gary's yeah, already yeah, bam yeah. on the next thing. You're like, ah, yeah. I can't get it. Man, it's yeah. like this stuff Sorry. is like. Is I get on I get on these rants. I can't. This is amazing. It. Hey, this, this stuff. I, that's why these are the my, my wife sometimes thinks that the episode's over because I'm listening so much, you know, because I'm yep. a fa- I'm a fan as well of this this research. So I'm like yep. sitting there listening so much that I don't even speak. But yeah, go, go ahead though. Uh we're, we're talking about the papal so, bloodlines. What's yeah, up? we're talking about the papal bloodline. And so they they basically have owned um the the popes and you know the Borgia family, as I told you about um Borgia, that was a grandmaster of the Montessa order that took over the Jesuits in 1570. Mm. I mean, there's three Borgia popes from that line. Yeah. Right. From that family line. So who are the black nobility? They call themselves the Maximus clan. Mm. Okay. okay. The, the, this is the Julio Claudian family from ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. So when you see the senators that were running Rome before, Mm-hmm. Those are all the people who believe they descended from the gods and down through Romulus and Remus wow. as demigods and Raphaim after the flood. Wow. Yeah. And it splits into, you know, several families. And, and some of the main older ones are, um, I'm just going to uh, read it. Oh, and they call it the Gens Julia and the Gens Claudius. Okay. So when you see that that Latin term gens as an LB gens, uh-huh. as an LB gensian, as an Albion, as in that meaning, um, an LB means white, as in, you know, pale skin like I am, giants, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Albion yeah. was a giant in England along with Gog and Magog. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Ooh. So, and, and a gens goes back to a specific patriarch. A single mm-hmm. specific patriarch that started that whole mm. bloodline, right? Okay. Okay. Right. And so this is the Julio Claudian family line that also sort of intermarries. But some of the main branches that come out of it um, are the the Gravina, the Bracciano, uh, the Vontorondo, the Pictiliano uh, are some of the main families. But some of the ones that people might be um, more familiar with would be Colono, Massimo, specifically the Orsini, yeah. the Ruspoli, the Palinici, the Theodi, the Sacchetti, the Borghese, which is another one that has really been um, working with the banking system of the church, of the yeah. Roman church. Uh, the Odalecci, uh, I won't go through all of them, but yet, yet understand yeah. that these are very powerful families that very few would have ever heard of. Yes. And, and they control it, all of the major cities. They would have a control that family would have would be centered in Venice or yeah. in Florence or whatever. Yeah. And the Medici's upset that. Yeah. Right. Because they were thought to be a combination of either Jewish and or Phoenician traders, maybe yeah. some mixed bloodline in there. And they uh, started as traders formed a small bank 
but were very shrewd and ruthless yeah. and gained control and threw out the old family name. So you can imagine how brutal that would have been. And there's a series I watched though a, few, a couple of years ago about the Medici that I think it was, it's on Netflix. Uh, and it sort of walks through that in, wow. in, in, and not in the detail that yeah, yeah, yeah. love <laughs> to have them, but you get, you get the understanding of how, the idea of how ruthless and yeah takeover so, was and how the old families were pushing back so okay so i i know you mentioned orsini so uh a lot of people you know would would, would talk about like um you know pepe orsini maybe being the gray pope um you know like there's a black pope a white pope and then some people say that he's maybe the gray pope and he's you know that's just i don't know if that's uh accurate information i just i just hear thrown around you know the the conspiracy circles um is that accurate information there that he's he's above the the, the jesuits and, and the gray and the white pope? yes yes they are okay okay the, the, all of them answer to the black nobility okay. of italy that then answer into probably because they'll have the black nobility of italy will have people in the committee of 300 the uh family uh or the um uh, council of 33 yeah um and but they would also from this roman bloodline there would be at least a few that are part of the 13 right yeah yeah so i know that the colonna and the orsini family end up um intermarrying right so then it just they yep. got more powerful and yeah um the farnese what about them i mean some people talk about that family as well you know that, that they're pretty powerful i don't know if that's they their... are i just don't know where they fit okay um, no problem but they don't I just don't seem to be as ancient as some of the other names but okay the trouble is, is, you know, when, when these ancient families were just few in number, it, yeah. it's easier, but there, there's so many additions over, and, each, it, and the genealogies just make your mind go to, to <laughs> what, what happened is that, that when the, when the, when they have a daughter, right, the daughter marries in prior another family. So that, that our CD family turns into this and it's hard to follow all that. Right. Yeah. The male well, is probably and, easier. What tends to happen is this is, is it takes a very ennobled female to start a new family and a new coat of arms yeah that's that's a tradition that goes back into ancient times with the uh, nephilim Raphaim, and particularly uh in egypt mesopotamia and mm. in there is that if they wanted to start a brand new dragon dynasty they had to have the most ennobled um female um that wasn't just of one bloodline, but would be nobled with several other ones to match with a first son of a, um, you know, sort of pure bloodline yeah. to start a new dynasty with, right? Yeah. And then they go somewhere else to start that They'll probably dynasty. like start that dynasty and change the name of it, but, you know, and then just start yeah. going up from there. And, yeah. So now if you look at the coat of arms, you'll notice you take pick whatever family that you want. You're going to see many different variations of it, right? Yeah, the order... That's, the order of golden fleece that you talked about when I looked at yeah. that coat of arms, that, yeah. that is like, that's why I was like, this has to be important. There is yeah. so much involved in that, that coat yeah. of arms. It's, it's, it's so it's, what happens is when you start a new family and you enter in a new scion, a new grafting in, you have to adjust that new coat of arms to reflect the histories coming together. Wow. So all of that imagery on the coat of arms is a taciturn communication to the royal families as to who their bloodlines go back to into wow. history. How awesome. And so when you look at some of the major figures that are on the coat of arms, you've got lions, 
Yep. You've got dragons. Yep. Uh, you've got eagles. Yep. And, and, and you've got unicorns. Wow. Right. These are in their belief system, angelic beings. Yeah. As the patriarch. So a unicorn, everybody says, well, what's a unicorn? Yeah. Well, it's very, very similar to the eagle, which is the cherubim, because as cherubim as they're represented like the Anunnaki on earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You'll see sometimes they have a man's head and sometimes they have an eagle head, but they're only shown with one face at a That's time when they take a physical form. Is right. Is it? Isn't it mentioned in in uh, Ezekiel where there's like a face of a lion, the face yeah. of a yeah. eagle? The it's it's mentioned in Ezekiel, right? Yeah, it is Ezekiel one and Ezekiel ten. Okay. And so the eagle is is representing a bloodline from Cherubim. The unicorn is a little bit more allegorical, and I don't yeah. know why they go this way, but they're honoring. Um, not only at first I thought they were just honoring the horse that the Nephilim used to ride on in the antediluvian times with this chimera chimera type of uh, horse that was huge with this big horn and a few different other parts of other animals on there but as I realized and dug into it more I, I learned that it's an allegory that is used in in Greek mythology and others where you have like the vision in Ezekiel, a polytheist counterfeit vision. So Zeus and Apollo, for example, are depicted as being having their chariot pulled yeah. by horses. Okay. Right. But some of them are unicorns. Wow. So if you can imagine in the rebellion, you have all ranks of angels and watchers, and troops mm -hmm. are also watchers uh, mm -hmm. rebelling. Then if you have the troops that are pulling, the vision of God's throne in Ezekiel one and ten, yeah, and I think the Psalms actually uh, has has them pulling his chariot mm. in, in that verse. That they are an allegory for a cherubim as well. So wow. a lion would be a, a lion god, like Nergal, that's in the Bible, right? Wow. Okay. Um, or Mahis in Egypt, Sekhmet, a lion god who produced Nephilim that looked just like them. You know, as in yeah. the uh, Lion men of Moab and the lion-like men of Gad and Arioch, the king out of Mesopotamia. That means lion-like Arioch. <laughs> and you know, and so when you see like Richard the Lionheart out of the yeah. Anjou, and yeah, that imagery is going back to angelic beings. Wow. It all and, traces and, back. And that's course, why you call it, that's why your book is called the Genesis Six Conspiracy, right? Yeah. Because it all traces back to that, basically, which which I would love to. Yeah. finish your so, book it's just yeah. oh my gosh it's and the dragons <laughs> are seraphim angels yeah yeah right and then you've got all these other imageries i won't go through all of them but you know you've got lilies you've got um you know all sorts of different things that are on there that is you know is sort of again talking about different main family bloodlines so that you're not going to have new symbols created because yeah. they all root back to that ancient one and all of yeah. those symbols would be reflected that's on the coat of arms that have been scioned into that family wow 
That's so interesting. That gets, that's deeper than I even thought, man. I never even knew that. I just, I look at all the coat of arms. On, I'm just barely at that part. You know, I'm looking at the coat of arms like that's. I'm trying to study the families. Yeah. And I always like, like obviously this episode, I'm going to have to do the same thing. I'm going to have to go through the families you mentioned because I have a list of like of families from like Italy that I was studying, but yeah. I, I missed a few obviously with, yeah. <laughs> with the ones you're so. You when, what it really starts to get you freaked out is when you you connect a few more dots here now and um, we've talked about the unicorn as being a cherubim and 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 it is on the stuart dynasty's coat of arms okay and the hanover coat of arms i think the stuart has a unicorn and a lion the hanover coat of arms that came over with the with the germans um that has become the Windsor family has two unicorns on it. Wow. Okay. And what's interesting about that, particularly as you look at the Stuart one, is that um, you have this word that has been put into the King James Version Bible, King James Stuart, mm -hmm. um, of the unicorn dynasty. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the word rem is the Hebrew word for a wild bull. But that's okay. been substituted in the Bible for the word unicorn. Wow. Yeah. So it might not actually be a, a unicorn, but it, it could be uh, it could be a, a unicorn book. dynasty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and it's strategically put in there to create a wow. mythos for the Stuart dynasty. And of course, he's the sponsor of the King James Version Bible, obviously. Oh, it's, my so. gosh. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. So that gets even more intense. Yeah. Well. And of course, the unicorn is used a couple of times in association because it's not used that many times in the Bible, but with Mount Hermon, yeah. because he, he, King James was the one who made famous, at least in modern times, his divine right to rule that comes from the Baalim of Mount Hermon. Oh, wow. Mm. So there's a couple of families that I was that I was kind of looking into. I don't know if I'm in the right area, like the House of uh, Bourbon, which is B-O-U-R-B-O-N. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's is that a pretty powerful one to, to kind of look that's into? The, yeah, they have they currently have the King of Jerusalem title. OK, and that is um, King Philippe. And he yeah. inherited from his father, Juan Carlos, and they got that from the um Habsburg Lorraine dynasty through okay. marriage. Okay. So there's that. And then there's like the Hohe Hen Hohe and Lohe. Uh I that's just something that I I I pulled up. Um is that never heard of them. I, never heard of that one. It's <laughs> yeah. Hohe, it's H-O-H-E-N-L-O-H-E. -E. Um, that's a pretty pretty interesting thing. I was kind of looking into it. Roll the Holy Roman Empire. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to exit. Yeah, I'm one not off. familiar with that one. <laughs> well, some other some other names in terms of European that you need to be aware of. I mean, we talked about de Bouillon and de Payon and Anjou, who produced the Plantagenet. The St. Clair we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Champagne, as in Champagne. Okay. Bruce, we've talked about. Geezer, we've talked about. Fontaine is another one. Uh, St. Clair de Geezer. Habsburgs, we've talked about. Jeanville. Brian, St. Clair de Neg, uh, our main ones, obviously the Windsors that we've talked about and the mm -hmm. Bourbon. Those are sort of the main old families that I've traced. There's going to be a few more because I've not gotten into Poland and I've not gotten into the, you know, obviously this is a Kaisers in Germany. This is, yeah. this is basically just France and um, Italy and, and, <clears throat> yeah. and, 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 and England. Right. So yeah. And Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, and all, I remember all the families that I did mention to you. Um, uh, those are all, 
you know, I remember, I remember that like the 13 bloodlines, like that somebody yep. came out with, like those are all yep. just Western, you know, yes. smaller families. So all the yes. stuff that you're mentioning are the big, the good, good ones to look into. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the Paysuer family, P-A-Y-S-U-E-R family, is that, uh, how do they fit into the black nobility? Have you heard yeah. of them? Not familiar with them. So. Okay. All right. That's another one that somebody had, had, had sent to me. Gary Wayne doesn't know them. They don't exist. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It's, it's just. It's, it's a matter a smaller of level. how far do you want to dig, right? Yeah, there might be on yeah. a smaller level. They might yeah, be they like, could change their name. You know, they could change their name. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, from generation to generation as they intermarry. So okay, well, um, well, we got probably another ten minutes left. Is there anything, anything you want to kind of uh, add to to this uh, to this episode that that would just you know that people need to look into and study that's important that maybe relates to the Bible or end times, anything like that? Well, the the, the big thing that you know, that they're working on, you know, they're, they're the ones that are manufacturing the great reset. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea behind that is, is to, and you see Biden with the build back better that's sponsored by them as well. Yeah. It's designed to bankrupt the world yeah. so yeah. that uh, all the visible assets are gone. The, yeah. I mean, they're the ones that are off the books that they have yeah yeah they're gonna keep that one yeah that's not gonna get lost <laughs> Those and, it, and it's it they want that so that they can uh in exchange for forgiving everybody's debts mm -hmm. and the country's debts yeah and they're not worried about the country because they're going to lend it you know money to finance them going forward with a very low interest rate and yeah. even rich people um, who are working for them, they're going to lose their money, but they're going to still have these positions to earn it back very quickly after yeah. the reset. It's designed to get the masses to give up all of their property mm -hmm. in return for relief of their debt or their tax obligation of the debt. Yeah, yeah. And that would maybe be maybe bankrupting our country or, you know, bankrupting the, that would kind of bring in the one world uh, uh, financial currency, right? Yeah. And they're going to even wrap it into what they call a terminology of a jubilee of forgiving of debts. Yeah. So the, everybody's like, oh, like what they do is they, it's like the, uh, they create a problem and they already have a yeah. solution like the Hegelian dialectic. Yeah. Right. So yeah. people but are like can, begging for it. Right. Yeah. That's what they did you, with. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you ahead. imagine, though, a world now then where you don't own your own home? Yeah, I know. I, I, this I is the tell. feudal system. That's like how the they get there. Yeah, like BlackRock and uh, Vanguard, like they're all buying up everything, you know, and, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, yep. It is crazy. And that's going to be uh, the socialist yep. system, right? Yep. Basically. And then they're going to seize all of the, the cash assets you have in the banks and whatever yep. as part of it. It's, and it's what it does do. It does what China did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where On a was, major scale, right? Yeah, on a worldwide scale on a worldwide of, scale so china at one time was probably the most equal country in the world but yeah. it was the poorest except for the adepts or the oligarchs or the ruling class right yeah of course um, and that's that feudal system that they want to recreate yeah but worldwide world one world yeah. government one world religion one world currency which which they, they want to yeah that's what they've yeah. been aiming for right and then bring yeah. in the antichrist bring in the false prophet and and really start getting things rolling right yeah all right. So All right. keep Man. keep in All mind connects. in terms of those types of things that that they're working with to 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 get where they want to go. And of course, they will utilize every catastrophe to uh -huh. move things in that direction. Yeah. Because most of the catastrophes that they're going to take advantage of are contrived. Yes, they're made so, up. Yeah, they make them. 
Just yeah, like these the little false flags. Are, yeah. the, they the make they these false flags. Yeah. Birth pangs are contrived disasters. Yes. Yeah. How and amazing. So yeah. they're going to bring them about. So they're going to be able to predict it a little bit more. It never works the way they want it to quite work. Yeah. But they keep moving in that direction, right? So it's going to get a little bit more more messier there in terms of, of the debt. But I mean, could you imagine the size of the debts that our governments have run up uh, <laughs> yeah, during the time of the pestilence? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Um, so what's my last thing I want to say? Okay, so Gary, if you could think of any subject that you would like to go over that's Christian and conspiracy, like for another show, just let me know. I think we've gone over good secret societies. We've gone over the Jesuits. We've gone over like the, the Genesis 6 giants. Um, if you could think of anything, uh, oops, I tapped my microphone. If there's anything that you can think <laughs> of uh, subject wise, I would love to have you on, you know, maybe next month or, you know, a month after that, something like that, if you're okay with that. Yeah. We, yeah. Let me see whether um, we can get a date in, in May after May um, I go to my cottage for three months, so I can't do video. I can do audio, but I can't do video. Okay. Well, so, we'll have to do it in May then just think of something. Yeah. If, if you can, if, if when, when yep. you have a day available, we'll yep. get you back on the show. I mean, this is a Christian and conspiracy podcast. Maybe we can get a little biblical, you know, yep. uh, like on, on the next show that we do. Cause we did like conspiracy. Now we could get biblical if you're okay with that. And we could, uh, you know, let me know what you'd like to do. And I'd like to love to have you on in May. That's okay. all right with you. Yep. I'll get you a date. Okay. Yep. Thank you very much. Day God bless subject. you. God bless you. If, if there's anything else, do you have an Instagram or anything like that or anything that, that anybody could follow? Uh, the, only, the only thing I'm using right now is Facebook. So people can get a hold of me on Messenger or on okay. my timeline. Okay. Uh, who knows? I might come back on Twitter. We'll see what happens there. But I basically shut down most of my media because uh, I didn't like what obviously has been going on yeah and i didn't want to be trying to do 500 different media platforms i know wasn't really reaching anybody you can't keep up yeah you can't yeah. keep up it's hard. and and twitter i was so disgusted with i just stopped yeah it completely yeah. and some of the other ones so i'd like to sort of expand on that and then the other way is to get hold me through my website yeah genesis 6 com. there's a contact the author um perfect uh, button there uh, if you're want to know a little bit more about my book i have a generous excerpt of all 98 chapters yeah um, so you'll you know people will get a good feel for whether or not it's the right book for them or not and you can buy it off my website and get a signed one or you can link over to amazon or barnes and noble or to kindle to get the digital version so lots of ways to get a get a hold of the book then that's the easiest way way to do it i am on just finishing up chapter 62 of the sequel perfect all right <laughs> um, guys be expecting another one and then Gary can come on and, and you know, we'll have him come yep. on. And Hopefully talk about by the fall, I've got it out, but uh, I think it'll be about 75 chapters, maybe 80 when it's yeah. done, So See, this is deep, deep research, guys. And, and like I say, Gary comes on for free. All I could say is, guys, please just purchase this book. You know, I don't, I don't ever ask anybody for money. Our show is all free. We don't ever charge anybody. We're not going to charge people, you know. Um, so, you know, Gary is just takes his time out. Um, he's a very busy person. Obviously he's got so many different podcasts he's doing. So if you guys could please support Gary Wayne, uh, purchase his book, um, and also leave us, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, if you guys could please leave comments below, subscribe to the channel, if you guys could, please, all we're trying to do is just expose the, the, the evil in this world. And we're trying to also bring you to the Bible and show you guys the real truth, the truth that's on your nightstand guys. Okay. Thank you so much. And Jason, Thank you, bro. We're uh, no, no, hopefully tonight we can get some sleep. We both have a newborn and we're yeah, like, we're like beat right now. Gary, thank you. I, just, I just love listening to him. 
Yeah, me too. I get blown away every time I have you on, Gary. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Honestly, thank you for taking your time out and coming coming back on. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I love I love coming on the show. It's it's always a lot of fun. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. No. All right, guys, I have to end this in prayer. I forgot. Uh, Let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for blessing us with this uh, awesome podcast, Exposing Evil. Lord, if you could, I pray for uh, Gary, uh, for his family. I pray for Jason and his family. I pray for anybody that that has uh, kids in the NICU right now. I'm seriously, I I had it happen to me. Um, Anybody that's lost a child, I I pray, Lord, please put your healing hand on them. Also for Gary's family, um, I I really want to just say thank you so much uh, for blessing us with uh, meeting Gary because he's really given us a lot of research and and fine material for people to study um, and also some great biblical stuff that, that people need to get into. So thank you, Lord, for that. We appreciate it. Thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. I hope good night, night, Gary. You have a good night, guys. Bye bye. (laughs)